Welcome to the Girls Who Run the World podcast, where we're bringing you inspiring guests who are leaders in their industries. We'll be tackling topics from education and empowerment to diversity and inclusion. Together, let's learn from these incredible women. This podcast is brought to you by Our Gorongoza. We create specialty coffee with 100% of profits supporting people, wildlife, and the planet in Gorongoza National Park, Mozambique. Girls' education is one of our biggest priorities because we know girls have the power to change the world. Just like Beyonce said, who runs the world? Girls! Hello, and welcome back to the Girls Who Run the World podcast. I'm your host, Emily, and I'm so excited to be bringing you this episode with our very own Patty Connor, who is the product director at Our Gorongoza. So for this episode, we get into what product is and product development and her career journey that got her to this point. We also chat about what she loves most about working with product and what some of the biggest challenges are that she faces. We talk about the concept of 360 degree product design and why that's very important for her. And lastly, we also chat about why getting together with a company such as ours at Argorangosa that she's very in alignment with was a top priority for Patty at this point in her career. So we touch on a lot to do with product and just career in general, and it was such a pleasure getting to know Patty more, and I'm sure you're going to absolutely love this episode. Also, we tease a new product that we are launching very, very soon. So take your best guess. I'd love to hear what everyone thinks it is. We are very excited to be launching this. And as always, if you get value from this episode, please share it with your friends, rate us and review us. It's what helps us get to more incredible women like you, and we love you for it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, let's get to it. Here's episode 14 featuring Patty Connor. Welcome to the show, Patty. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So we're going to jump right on in to the opening segment, and I want to hear from you. What are you most grateful for in your life right now? Ooh, that's a big question, Em. Perspective. I think it's taken me a long time to figure out that we're all kind of in the middle of whatever your perspective is. So things can get better, things can get worse, but nothing stays the same. So I'm grateful that I I now have this like sort of realization that you can aspire to be better and you can feel fortunate that you're in a better place than someone else that you're, you're lucky to be that. But the realization kind of gives me a sense of grace and it gives me, I guess, a little bit of peace that everyone's working towards their own goals and you're really the only person that you're competing against, which I think is like kind of a a big realization. So I'm grateful that I'm kind of at a place in my life where I can kind of see that. Mm, I love that. What inspires you? That there's always the chance to try something new or something different and nothing is static. So we're always growing and changing getting better, maybe some days getting worse, but nothing is static. So it, it inspires me that, that every day can be something new. Yes, this is very true. It's the one thing you can count on is that things will change. <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give your younger self? 
I always preface by saying if she would listen, what advice would you give her? The things that scare you the most will have the greatest impact on you. So for me in my life, fear has blinded me to what I'm capable of. So I found that every, I find that every time I do something that I'm scared of and I overcome that fear, I feel like I grow and change. And as I would say to my daughter, you get braver, stronger, smarter, better. So fear is okay to have. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't limit the person that you can become. That's what I would tell my younger self. Mm, I love that. It's funny too, when I talk about confidence, that's one of my main tips for building confidence is doing things that really challenge you because Mm -hmm. it show, and you kind of mentioned this, it shows yourself what you are capable of because you take this thing that seems so unattainable or so scary and you do it. And then it gives you that boost you need to the next time something maybe quote unquote scarier comes along you have that confidence because you knew that you actually were able to do it. <laughs> so I love that. You know, what's really funny is I know you're an athletic person and always like a very active person. I was perhaps am the opposite of that. And I was actually learning how to run that gave me the capacity to understand that your body is capable of so much more than you think it is. And then that kind of like became an analogy for life because you know how they talk about like running is mostly a mental game. Like you just have to believe that your lung capacity will increase and your muscles will get stronger and like you can whatever run through that muscle fatigue or whatever it is. But it's like a really good analogy for life too. Yes, totally. And it's interesting because I was just having a conversation with my sister about what I think helped me have such a great labor. We were talking about labor. And I said to her, I think a big part of it was that I played competitive sports my whole life. I've always really challenged myself in that exact way you're talking about, where it does become a mind over matter situation because your body can do typically way more than you think. Mm -hmm. And there is a difference between being foolish and pushing it past the brink. But there is this point that I think everyone can relate to where your mind's like, Ooh, this, I don't want to do this. This doesn't feel Mm -hmm. that good. And you have to be like, I'm the boss. (laughs) Like I'm actually telling you, this is what we're going to do. And I do think it, what you're saying is exactly true. And it can filter into so many different parts of your life. And that's why I think I have so enjoyed getting back into weightlifting. Mm -hmm. I took a hiatus when I, well, when it was kind of in the midst of this COVID stuff and my Mm -hmm. gym had a waiting line and there was, I I was like, I'm not waiting in line to get Mm -hmm. into the gym to work out. I'm not doing that. But it feels so good to be back because it's a different type of challenge. Mm -hmm. And it's exactly what you're saying. It's a bit of a mental game where your body sometimes wants to quit yeah, and you just have to be like, no, mm -mm. (laughs) we're doing it. Well, and I think the other thing is it's also in your perspective, right? So like, you know, this thing that we're now, well, I, at least I'm learning is like failure is not the worst thing, right? Failure is like temporary. So like, let's say you don't do that run in the time that you want, but now you have the perspective of, okay, like I didn't make it, you know, what are things that I can do to make it? tomorrow because tomorrow is a new day or maybe not tomorrow like maybe like next week it's like 
clean slate. I can try again. You know, maybe I need to hydrate more. Maybe I need to like, I don't know, get new shoes or, you know, whatever. Maybe I need to try a different route. I think it's like perspective is like also like failure isn't like the ending. It's just Mm -hmm. you need to like we talk about this in like product innovation is like it's a it's an iteration that fell down. What can you do to do it better? And that's what innovation comes from is like failing. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. We're going to get into this from you, but one of my favorite mantras is you either win or you learn. So that's Ooh. kind of the way I look at it. It's kind of what you're saying that either you win, which is great, <laughs> or it doesn't go <laughs> as you planned and you learn and newsflash, but that's the only way you grow and get better is from learning from your failures. <laughs> it's really the only way that you can grow. Yeah. So I so wholeheartedly agree that failure is not a bad thing. And it really is what you decide it means. I think I grew up thinking that failure meant you were a terrible person. Uh And I have grown to understand that failure doesn't have to mean anything about you. It's just a thing that happened. Like I said, you win, you learn. And you go do it again better. <laughs> so that's it. Well, and failure can mean that you're brave, right? That you are always trying to do things that are a little bit beyond your capability in the moment. Absolutely. But, you know, they say that like the highest achievers are the ones that probably fail the most, right? Because I fail so much. Fail all the time. I'm just yeah, not. I feel not that a lot concerned. of days. <laughs> not too concerned about it, you know? Tomorrow is a new day, Sam. Yes. <laughs> So what is one mantra that you live your life by? Ooh, okay. I think it's that I can create my own happiness mm. and that we have more control over our well-being and happiness than we think we do. So I like I listen to different podcasts about this and have you heard like I don't know maybe it was like 15 or 20 years ago they created this happiness pie chart. Have you heard of this? Like how how like the the makeup of happiness is like 50% genetics, 40% intentional action, and 10% life circumstances. So like 50% genetics is, I guess, like the things that you can't control. Like, so yeah, half of the stuff is like, if you're born into like a really unfortunate situation where like maybe some of your basic needs are being, aren't being met, or there's like trauma, okay, that's going to impact your happiness. 40% intentional action is like a big like sort of dial that you can turn, right? So, um, and then 10% is life circumstances. But I think like particularly for a lot of us who like live in like pretty nice places, we put so much in the bucket of like life circumstances, like, oh, like, why does this keep happening to me? Like, I'm so unhappy. But like 40% intentional action is just changing your own perspective and your perception and making choices in your life that fill your cup can help like really move the dial on happiness for you. So I, that's something that I kind of have as a mantra. It's like, okay, like I'm not feeling great today, but like, what can I do to make myself feel better? Like maybe it's like sitting, sitting down for 10 minutes and like making myself a really great cup of coffee. Maybe it's Argo and Gosa, but I kid, but like, maybe that's like all I need. Or maybe it's like taking 20 minutes of my day and going for like a nice walk just to like recharge myself and like giving myself the time to do that makes me feel happier. So that's kind of the mantra that I like to live my life by because it kind of gives me a reset. It gives me, it's like, yeah, it gives me a reset so that if I'm not feeling it, 
I know that I can change it up if I need to. Mm-hmm. You 100% can. And I believe that to my core that you can, because I have experienced that in my life. I definitely used to be the person who thought it was all circumstances and thought everything was happening to me. And a big Mm -hmm. shift is realizing, it sounds so simple, but realizing everything is happening for you. For you. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's something that shifted for me the last, even the last two years, I would say. Mm -hmm. And it's just been this kind of incremental learning of all these concepts. And yeah, I've come to realize that you are, I would even say more, I don't have the stats on it, but I think even more than the 40%. I do. Because I think if you are able to be in a position where you can see how you can turn your energy, you create your energy. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a position where you can see that and you understand it, that you can go from feeling, waking up, feeling not the greatest, whatever, it, whatever has happened in your day, maybe it's not great. Mm-hmm to changing your energy. Sometimes with me, I can change my energy in five minutes. It just depends on the day and what it is, but sometimes it'll take me five minutes. Other times, maybe it takes me 45, but realizing that is a superpower in my opinion. I don't think I'm quite as good as you, Emily. I think it takes me like, sometimes it takes me a day. I'm not going to lie, but it's, it's still like, not even incrementally. It's like way better than what I was before. It's, it's, and that's, yeah. That's totally. been very powerful for me. Yeah. No, it's it, it's a practice. So too. And I will say too, I have learned not to bypass my emotions. So there are certain times where say I'm feeling very sad about something. I will let myself run the course of that emotion. And maybe that does last a day or two. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Uh, but when I know that it's kind of passed through me, then I need to figure out what's going to change it for me. So I think that's important to note. So if you want to look at it like that, yeah, there's some times where I might be sad for a whole day or two because I'm working through something. And I used to avoid those emotions, like the play, like I would be like, Ooh, I don't want to feel that. (laughs) I'm just going to pretend I don't feel that. And that's really bypassing your emotions. And what happens then is it just stays in you, stays in your body and brain. And eventually it's going to have to come out. And that's when it blows up in your face. <laughs> that's, that's my experience. Yes. That's when it really yes. blows up. <laughs> yes. So, and again, I think it goes back to like, nothing stays the same. So it's okay to feel sad. You're not going to feel sad forever. So it, it's okay to spend a day lying in bed and watch like Netflix if that's what you need to do to kind of process through it but it's it's not gonna be forever you're not gonna there's not enough material on Netflix for you to watch the rest of your life or (laughs) maybe there is but you're not going to want to yeah you're not gonna stay there you're exactly right who or what has been your biggest teacher so far in your life Hmm. my kids I've got two little ones four and six And I think they've taught me so much about my own capacity as a human being. So like my capacity for love, for patience, um, for energy, for sense of wonder, like that's probably one of the most rewarding things is like seeing the world through like kids eyes. Right. But also like, yeah, totally. Like I was like, I never knew I had this much patience (laughs) because, you know, you have to have them for your kids, but, but I don't think. I would have described myself as a patient person before, but yeah, I would say capacity because it's like being a mom is like, it's like the extremes of highs and lows, right? Like total elation and total like, oh, why like why is this happening? But they have taught me a lot. And even like 
you know, mental, mental health is like such a big thing. So you even watch it in your children. So one of my, one of my girls has a tendency for anxiety and sort of worry and those feelings, even like at this young age. So even reading to learn to support her has really helped me with things that I didn't realize that were in me, like tendencies that I had. I was like, oh, so like I'm reading about this and I'm sort of obviously putting it in like language that she can understand, but it's like sort of ticking off boxes for me to understand, oh, like this is why I think this way, or this is why I feel this way sometimes. And these things that I'm helping her with are like lessons that I can apply for myself. So that's, I don't know, that's probably a pretty good example of, um, them, them teaching me something. Yes. I would agree with that for my life too. I think the patience, it's funny, that really resonated with me. I still am growing in that area. Let me put it that way. And I think that without becoming a mom, I don't know that I would have developed that Mm -hmm. in this way, maybe in another way. There's always possibilities, but I think it forced me to look in the mirror. I always say like kids are a mirror for you and it forces you to look at your behaviors, frankly, Mm -hmm. and where where you're amazing, which is cool, and also Mm -hmm. where you might want to improve a bit. (laughs) And patience was a big one for me because I did not have it. (laughs) So now I have a decent amount of it. So we're on the right track. We're we're all getting better. But yes, there's been so much learning and just so much like, letting go like someone was like do you feel like a lot of the success to parenting is just like lowering your standards and I was like well I don't know if that's the term I would want to call it because as like a person that's got fairly high standards in life for like things I was like I don't want to I don't want to make it sound like that but yeah I think it's like maybe a better word is like grace and like acceptance like that's okay that like you're teaching yourself to do this thing and that's like maybe not how I would have wanted it done, but you're learning. So, okay, like I can let it go and like look at the positive. Like, hey, you did this thing from start to finish in your way. And the next time you do it, if I praise you, it'll encourage you to try again. So that's, I don't know if that's, I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm, for sure. So for the listeners, I would love if you could get us a bit acquainted with you and Tell us a bit about your journey into your career and how you got started specifically with product. Oh, so it's kind of a, it's a probably kind of a windy, twisty um, path. So I actually, when I finished school, I spent a lot of time preparing um, to write my LSATs. So I don't know for, I, I don't know if it's the same in the U.S., but in Canada, the LSATs are the exam that you write to apply for law school. And I didn't actually know if I wanted to be a lawyer, but I really loved those logic puzzles and riddles, which is like something. You, so it's something that I like. People are like, those are like the worst. And I was like, oh, really? I like really enjoy doing them. Like, I love like sitting there and like thinking them through. Long story short, I was preparing and kind of really didn't know if it was for me and ended up getting a job in marketing in apparel, which I kind of fell in love with. Um, so it was a small apparel company based out of Vancouver. And because it was like a, such a small startup, I got to kind of do everything from like writing media releases and organizing fashion shows and coordinating photo shoots and like helping work with stylists. And so like I kind of did that and kind of like worked my way up to become the marketing manager 
and then ended up kind of moving into like operations and project management, which I quite enjoyed. But then after a long time doing that, I kind of wanted to get out of that industry and I wanted to do something different. So I kind of went in a total departure and moved to another CPG company. But because I had this sort of project management and operations management experience, I kind of moved into product development. They, I think they kind of took a leap of faith on me, even though I didn't have totally applicable experience. But I think what served me well through most of my career is like, I love solving problems, right? So I'm like, I'm going to go back to like how the reason why I loved preparing for my LSATs was doing those like logic puzzles. And I really think product design is ultimately about solving a problem. So when I went into this CPG role, I would, that's how I would approach product development. I was like, okay, this is the company, this is the brand. um, And we need to make a product that a lot of our customers want and want to buy and what like what is the problem that we're trying to solve so that's kind of how I approached it and same sort of thing where I kind of started out not really knowing what I was doing but loving it and learning on the job and working my way up so I did that for a lot of years and then I mean with a couple of like segues here and there through my career doing other things but those are kind of like the two longest sprints if you will and then I kind of fell into working for Argo and Gosa because I kind of got to the point in my career where I was like, you know what, like, this is great. I love doing this, but I think I can do more, right? So I can, I think I, I feel pretty good about the ability to design a product and come up with a product concept that appeals to people, appeals to the market. I feel like pretty good about that, but like, there's got to be more than just making something and selling a lot of it. So I kind of got brought into Argo and Gosa to actually consult. Like I just had a, a, a conversation about actually something else, actually about like a, a consumer trade show and my experience with like how it kind of, kind of worked for this company and just started talking about, oh, you know, so learned more about Argo and Gosa and started talking about like how I would, how I would think product development would go here and or something organically came up. And I'm so happy that it did because it's, kind of been able to marry my job experience in CPG, uh, my work experience, uh, my love of problem solving, and my desire to have my nine to five really fit more holistically in ultimately the legacy I want to leave in this world. Like I want my work to do more than sell a lot of something, Mm -hmm. even if that something is great. Yes. It's interesting because I loved everything that you shared. So thank you for that. A couple of things that I wanted to touch on, you kind of talked about this, but I know that some of why you love product is that you're able to solve these problems, which makes complete sense. It's literally what you're doing. You're like, how do I get this product maybe from this challenge over here to being perfect or close to. <laughs> I'd love to hear, so I, we've heard a little about why you love product. I'd love to hear what you find most challenging with your work. I think honestly, most challenging for me in particular has been the not being able to connect with the people, the product and place as much as I'd like to. So with the pandemic, you know, originally the game plan was that I would be able to go and visit Gorongosa National Park and travel to the mountain and see the see the coffee crop being grown or harvested, meet the farmers, really have an understanding of what that looked like, as well as being able to meet face to face with 
our team because our team is 100% remote. Um, people are all over the US and obviously partially in Mozambique. That's been quite challenging for me because I've uh, my, most of my career, I'm kind of used to the more traditional face-to-face -face working, being able to like basically go into the place where your product is coming into and touching and feeling and smelling and going, okay, well, here's the problem. I can see it now. I can tangibly feel it. How can we fix it? So that's, I mean, that's been a challenge for me. And I am very much an introvert. And I, I learned recently that I'm an extroverted introvert, meaning I, I get energy from the people around me. So even though I need to be by myself at times to like sort of recharge, I do derive a lot of energy from the people around me. So a challenge is not having as much of that as I'd like. Mm. Yes. I think that a lot of people I'm sure can relate to that as we've kind of been forced, our hand was forced into this situation. And although there's a lot to love about it, uh, you know, not commuting into an office, even if it's mm -hmm. 20 minutes away, it's like, you don't have to worry about that time. Uh, there's a lot of pluses. And, you know, for, for example, with our Gorongosa, we're able to hire people from all over the place, which is cool. Mm -hmm. And those are some of the challenges. And I, I can totally see that I have a lot of those similar challenges. And I think there's, like I said, there's a lot of great parts and it is hard. It's hard when you've been working somewhere for now almost two years and I, I've never seen it. And it's, you know, it's like, I don't have as much context to go on that you would typically have, but mm -hmm. you know what? We are on our way. We are on our way. We are on our way. And we are yeah, on our way. hopefully soon that won't be an issue. Let's hope. Yeah, I hear you. Something I know that you're really passionate about when it comes to design is 360 degree product design. Can you talk to us a bit about what that means? Ooh, okay. That's something I'm quite passionate about. So 360 degree product design means that you're looking at the whole process from inception, development, production, and even like the end of life cycle to make sure that it's sort of in keeping with the values you want to uphold as an organization. And that's something that I'm very proud to consider um, in my role. And I'm really proud that I work for an organization that's very mindful about upholding all of our values in that 360 degree view. So that means, you know, we think about our, our sustainability. We think about working with like-minded suppliers and vendors that try and uphold those same values. And it's something, it makes, it makes product design a lot more work because there's like a lot of things to think about. And there's, um, it's messy because there's never a perfect solution because maybe you find something that is perfect sort of in one perspective. Like, you know, we're really happy with a particular raw material that we found and the supplier is really great. The end of life is really great, but the development time um, is really challenging or the cost is really challenging. I'm really, I'm really grateful because as an organization, we have sort of valued that the 360 degree product design and maintaining our value integrity through that process means that we're not about the bottom line, which is something that I'm very proud of. Like we obviously want to make a product that's as profitable as it can be, because obviously that ultimately means a greater financial impact to Gorongos National Park, which is ultimately what we're trying to do, but not at the expense of our values, which I think is, is really cool. Mm, it is cool. And I really, I really hope that this is something that we start to see more of mm -hmm. out in the world and in the marketplace, because I think it's something that 
we are passionate about and we are showing that can be done. And so I really hope that more and more companies we see pop up. And I know there are lots, but I hope we keep seeing more and more pop up that show that you can you can use exactly what you're saying, implement that 360 degree product design, have a really profitable selling product, but also have it stay aligned with all your values. Where yeah, it's at. And I think, I think it's like a big part of it is transparency, right? So we want to be transparent as an organization about where we're trying to get better, where like, and it's not about perfection, which I think is the other really cool thing about it um, is that we are striving to get better and better as technology improves, as more vendors come out that are more supportive of, or are more in support of our values, that we're incrementally always trying to get better. So it's not about perfection, it's about transparency, that we are considering all of our values in this sort of 360 degree approach. And we want to be transparent about it. And we want to continually get better with every iteration of our product. Mm, I love that. I love that for us. I do too. (laughs) makes me makes me happy so before we get to the rapid fire round i wanted to hear from you if there's anything exciting in the product pipeline that we can expect for our gorgosa okay wait let me check the date okay there is something exciting i'm very excited about it that's coming out in less than a month launching on our website for a new coffee product. I'm trying to decide how much I can tease. It's very cool. It's very portable. I think it will have so many uses for people to be able to have a great coffee experience wherever they're going. And I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about it. People will get to get to see it and try it. So we'll have like, stay tuned on our Instagram. We're going to have some teasers coming out and it'll go live middle of September. Woo-hoo. So I'm about that. Yeah. I'm so excited too. So when this goes live, it'll probably only be a few short weeks before you'll see this incredible new product that we're all very excited to be bringing you. Patty's done incredible work and I know that our lovely customers are going to love it too. I think so. I think so. A lot of, uh, we did a lot of development and testing and had our own people tested and had other people tested and got rave reviews from everyone who tried it. So I'm like, I'm feeling pretty confident that people are going to love it. Mm. I can't wait for it to come out. Same. <laughs> I'm, I'm just personally invested and excited about it. So <laughs> we all are. We yes. all are. So before we get to the rapid fire round, I wanted to acknowledge you, Patty, for the incredible and thoughtful work you're doing and the impact that you're having on people and the wildlife and the planet in Gorongosa National Park. It's super inspiring and incredible. Thank you. I feel so lucky to sort of have come into this opportunity to get to spend my nine to five or I mean, with the time difference, it's not always nine to five. It's whatever the time difference is doing that. So that's, that's great. Okay. What is a book that's changed your life? Uh, Glennon Doyle's Untamed it's a, has been a big one. I read that whatever year, 2020. It's like time is all a blur. That was, that was pretty pivotal for me because I, I was always raised to be such a pleaser. So that was, that was good for me. Yeah. Probably unsurprising for you because you know me, but I loved the book too. But when I read it, I was like, yeah, of course you just do what you want and ask what you want. <laughs> but, but I'm a no. little bit, I'm a little different. I was, you know, I'm a little that bit was of a not me. 
<laughs> it was not me, but I remember reading that book at the beach and going, oh, 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 really? I can just say no? Yes, you can. No is a yeah. full sentence. Yes. <laughs> yes, no is a full sentence. Just to confuse everyone. No, just kidding. Yes, of course. What is your favorite place you've traveled? Oh, there's so many. When can we travel again? <laughs> the place I am dying to go back to is Cinque Terre in Italy. I didn't, I only went there for a day and vowed that I would come back and stay for a while because <laughs> I think it's just so beautiful and the history is so cool. There's amazing food, but yeah, I, I loved it. Italy in general, I just, I really I know. love <laughs> it. It's <know>. good there. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. What are you most excited for this year? Well, travel. So I think the game plan is I'm going to finally get to go to Gorongosa in 2022. So like, I guess within the year, does that count? I mean, the rest of the year is only like four more months, right? Calendar year. So yeah, I call it, I, I mean more like, yeah, the whole year. 12 months. Coming. So yeah. I think going to Gorongosa, I think it's a continent I've never visited, a country I've never visited. It's pretty cool. Maybe I'll see a lion. So cool. <laughs> I love it. What's a lesson you've learned recently? Don't water weeds. <laughs> So it's really funny because I was like, it was, I think it was like some parenting, like, you know, one of those things where like, oh, you know, suggestions on how to help you parent. And it was like, don't water weeds. So don't pay attention to like the behavior you want to disappear, pay attention. To, but like, I was like, this is a really good lesson for life. I should just ignore the stuff that I can't change that's not serving me and just water and pay attention and give energy to the things that do serve me. Mm-hmm. So that's a lesson that I learned recently that uh, I'm trying to remind myself of. <laughs> that's a great one. All right. Last question. Name a woman who inspires you. Um, this is probably pretty topical, but Simone Biles. I think that, that uh, I mean, we're taping this, what, two weeks after the Summer Olympics, but um, an elite athlete that prioritized herself over all of the other expectations that have been placed on her. So I just think about like probably the immense pressure she felt because obviously to be an Olympic athlete, there's like a lot of money and time and resources and um, national pride that gets put on your shoulders. But to say, you know what, I prioritize my humanity and my own personal needs above everyone else's expectations of me. I think that's pretty inspiring. I agree. I was super courageous. Yeah. I was super inspired by that um, because it's just, you don't really see that that often, especially like you said, of this top, top athlete, one of the biggest stages in her career. And I I thought that was really powerful too. Well, thank you so much, Patty. You are most definitely a girl who runs the world and it was so great chatting with you. Thank you, Emily. I had so much fun. Good. I'm glad. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Girls Who Run the World podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend who would love it. Leave us a five-star review and hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. To learn more about Our Gorongosa, head over to OurGorongosa.com and find us on social at OurGorongosa.com.